Good morning. How are you doing, Christina? Good. How are you doing, Arrow? Absolutely fantastic. I got to tell you, I've had so many conversations with with those that are associated with National Geographic Kids. This book right here, I got to tell you, I, th- I think it's the most fun I've ever had. I love this book. Oh. That is music to my ears. I absolutely love this book, too. It is just, it's fun. Every page, you're like, ooh, I learned something new, or I have funny jokes that I can tell. (laughs) So true. But who doesn't love a great horse story? I mean, it's just, they're just a major part of our lives. It's true. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was definitely the horse kid. I was a horse girl growing up. I got lucky enough to have horses when I was a kid, but even before then, I couldn't read enough about horses. There's just this bond between horses and humans that I think we only see pretty much maybe with cats and dogs for the most part, but it is inexplicable and so wonderful. Now, I'm not a professional horse whisperer, but I am known for going up to talk with a horse, and I would love, really love to, to stand there and read this book to a horse, because I would love to see what their reaction is to not only my voice and the sound of it, but to see the pictures, because I think they get us. Oh, absolutely. We talked a little bit about how horses have 17 different expressions, and you find all of them within the pages of this book, and most of the photos are pretty funny, whether it's a horse nickering or telling a joke with a little speech bubble next to it, or even just simply some ones that are just so stinking cute. We have a Marwari (laughs) horse that has these curved ears that touch each other, and oh my goodness. I can't, it's just the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> How did it, the, the making of the book come into play? Because, I mean, there, there's so much information here, so much that, that that's just, I mean, there, it, it's such a wealth of knowledge that I put it on, on my coffee table so that I can sit there and pick it up and read little bits at a time and then digest it. Oh, I love hearing that. So this book, honestly, the conceit was, it's part of the series, it's called Can't Get Enough. And we wanted to talk on subjects that, especially the seven to 10 year old range where I feel like that's when those obsessions start, where they want to know everything about a certain subject. Mm -hmm. And for us, especially at National Geographic, we love talking about science and animals. And so horses was just the natural next subject. Who doesn't want to learn more about a horse and, and really grasp it, but also just have fun while doing it. So we made sure that we had some personality quizzes, which funny enough, when the kids do it, they learn so much about themselves, but also about horses. So you'll learn what temperament you have yeah. and which horse that relates to. You'll figure out, oh, you know, there's an aspirational, what job do you want? You know, you might be like, oh, I just love horses, especially you have that like budding veterinarian or, or horse trainer. They can take a quiz and find out how they can work with horses in the future. So that's kind of the idea behind it was how do we have lots of fun, lots of activities, and do some experimental or experiential learning while reading a fun book about a subject they love. Oh, my God. Just just thumbing through this book. I mean, it brings back so many memories of my childhood riding along the Tongue River Reservoir uh, in Wyoming and, and being out there with, with Tiny. That was a, the horse's name. And, and just, just being one with oh. nature. That's what I love about riding horses is that in reality, you're being carried through everything natural. Oh, it's so true. I actually had a horse named Blondie, um, who was a Belgian draft horse as a kid. And Blondie was so funny because she was raised by people who spoke German and not English. So I had to learn some German because she only spoke German. (laughs) (laughs) Would, would, Would you say that foals are just as cute as a baby bunny and a kitten? Oh, my goodness. 
are the cutest. The best part about a foal is that its little legs are like so long. They're already like, we talked about, they're only already 80 to 90% of their adult length. So they are just these gangly little legs. They're just got the sweet little face and then they grow into something beautiful and majestic later in life. So now, um, one of the things that's pretty cool about this, and listeners need to understand this, this is a conversation starter book. And, and one of the conversations that, that, I, that I brought up to not only adults but, but children was the fact that horses don't have fur. They've got hair. And you should see people's eyes go, what? I guess it is. Yeah, and it's even funny. We talk about the fact that like it's not like what you see with, with cats and dogs. It, it is definitely sometimes a little bit coarser. And that even it's important when you have its mane, which is their basically like the hair on our heads, but on their heads, um, it's important to actually braid it because it keeps the hair healthy and out of their eyes and free from dirt, similar to how we braid our own hair and put it in a ponytail. Really? Really? Now, my, my wife brought up a very yeah. interesting question in the way of, you know, because horse hair will keep growing back. Is it used in medicine as a way of creating wigs for those that are going through cancer? You know, I'd have to look into that, but that's a fascinating idea. Because, I mean, our hair keeps growing back and we donate hair all the time. Yeah, I think that's a great. I mean, she may be onto something. She may look into that. <laughs> Arabian horses. My goodness. Boy, you, you give us a list of names of the greatest leaders of all time. What is it about the Arabian? Oh, Arabians are just one of the most beautiful, stunning horses. And you'll see when you watch them do their prancing and, and walking about, their tails are straight up in the air. And you wonder what about this horse makes them so cool. And actually, the ability to do that, that tail up is not actually normal in most horses. It's just the Arabian. And that's because they have two less vertebrae mm. in their spines, but they can lift their tails when they're excited. <laughs> now when were horses domesticated and the reason why i bring that up is because so many times even when you look in the big bible and things that it was always about the donkey that people were riding when was the horse really kind of you know put into the human life yeah so we estimate that it's about six thousand years ago Ooh. that we began actually breeding horses for different tasks and we see this happening all around the world and we have this amazing map that kind of points out what, what some of the horses that you would see in areas like the Western US, which would be the Mustang, or in Mongolia, you have the really tough horse name to pronounce, which is the Shavolsky, but you would have never thought that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> we, have, we have some amazing ones and understand like, why did we start domesticating horses? And yeah. truth be told, because we didn't have cars back then. <laughs> you needed some form of transportation. Yeah, and somebody had to work that field as well. I mean, I mean, my, my grandfather used the horses uh, in Wyoming uh, when, when it came to uh, making sure that the fields were plowed. Yeah, and we still see people do that today because they just all have this strength and, and calmness to them that mm -hmm. you couldn't do that with a, a tiger or a grizzly. <laughs> you know, you were talking about horses with, with a kind of hard to pronounce names. How about the American Bashkur? Did I say that right? And with its curly hair? Oh, yes. There are so many horses. And we, Nachio, fortunately, we make sure to put those pronunciations in there so that every kid knows exactly how to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, we have some curly-eared horses. We have horses that hair stand straight up. Um, we even have horses that have record-length hair that grows really, really long, and you can see that. Or 
Which is so fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, I mean, a Shetland pony, come on. I mean, that what that is, that's a walking, movable, stuffed animal that you can call your best friend. Oh, it's so true. And honestly, I didn't know this before I came to this book. Did you know that horses and ponies, or miniature horses too, they're all the same species? Wow. It's just how tall they are that differentiates their names. So if you're over 58 inches, you're a horse. If you're at or under 58, you're a pony. And if you're a mini, you only reach up to maybe 38 inches. Oh, my God. I, with, 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 with the web and all that kind of stuff, that's the first time I've ever heard that. That's interesting. I know. The conversation, the conversation starter is this book. Well, and this book is definitely one of those that empowers kids. When kids don't like, the kids love more than anything to come up to a parent and be like, I know something you don't know. <laughs> One of the things that I've I've lived with uh, throughout my life are the wild horses because in in Montana they uh, out there at the Prior Mountains they the the mustangs are wild there and then even here in the Carolinas we've got wild horses were they naturally wild or did they break free from farms? We actually talk about there there is a variety so some animals did end up being domestic they all originally were wild okay some were domesticated and then some actually returned to the wild and became wild and depending on where you're from around the world or in the country um you see differences and and some of them can be domesticated again but you're right in the western u.s we see about 86 thousand mustangs that live on public land right now yeah my father his job uh before i was born he was the guy that broke horses and what that means is that so that you could ride the horse and so and and they they showed me how he did that where nobody got injured and it was in water and so i was i've always been fascinated with horses and that's why i love this book i love that yes wow you got to come back to this show anytime in the future the door is always going to be open for you christina well, thank you so much, Arrow. And I love your enthusiasm for our books. Kids are going to, we can't wait to get this in the hands of kids. It's going to appeal to any child, whether they're really into sports. We've got the equine athletes, or they love the fantasy, and we have our mythical horses. Whether they want to be a veterinarian, or they just want to make some treats and be a baker and make some sense <laughs> some horses. We have it all in this book. <laughs> I'm just jealous that kids get this book today because I just had the regular National Geographics when I was a kid. So, I mean, I just love the way that you are tapped into people. Oh, we're so glad, too, because it, there's nothing better than to make sure that kids feel like they can understand the world around them and also really dive into the subjects that they find fascinating and feel like, they can learn more of and, and tell other people about it, too. Wow. Well, you be brilliant today, okay, Christina? Thank you so much, Arrow. You have a fantastic day.